Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Okay. All right. It's on. It's on. I love how you start these. <laughs> I mean, well, we've done these before where it's like we thought we were recording. We didn't. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to do a podcast today that's um, uh, about jumpstarting community um, and and getting getting community started, and it's about reaching critical mass. And about our events this summer, right? We've got we've got uh, two events that are happening at the same time, where I and, it, and that's going to be I'm going to get to that probably near the end, maybe throughout. But but the idea is that uh, I'd, I'd really like to get a lot of people to come out to one event or the other all at the same time so we can kind of, and I think it's going to help us jumpstart community. But uh, I want to say that we had that uh, four-part podcast fairly recently that was about, um, uh, uh, that was about some of the, the, the ickiness that, you know, and it's like, from my perspective, it's like, I had no idea what was even going on. I didn't detect any ickiness whatsoever. And uh, in the end, when we did the final analysis, it seems like um, there was there was really nothing. I, I mean, okay, so Fred's here today. And and so, Fred, you weren't here when we recorded that podcast, but you did listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, now, I do remember you said that there were like two or three points that you felt like needed to be slightly corrected like there was like minor tweaks and I know I'm just this, I'm throwing this at you just suddenly do you remember what any of them were is there anything that needs to be go into a podcast to kind of like oh I think so I think one of the things you said was that you heard about the gate being like the lock on the gate being stuck once yeah and um that's just because I wasn't telling you every time it was stuck I would just <laughs> okay I would take the stuff well, and it's like whenever it rains then after it like it washes out whatever that the stuff that's in the lock and then it gets it doesn't work as well so it would rain and then a few days later we'd have to go spray some more stuff on the lock okay all right and then the other the other thing was that you said you heard about one mouse in one of the willow feeders okay and there's been mice in all three of the willow feeders at one point or another and we would see them in there and we would, you know, do something to get them out or we would try and block, we would, we, um, were inside, like the, the newest one, the Willowonko, when we were building it, we closed the hatch with one of the boots in there and they could see light and then so then we plugged up all the holes where they could see light because that, you know, if you can see light, that's a place a mouse can come through. Right. But, um... Somehow, there's some way the mice are still getting in, <laughs> even when people aren't leaving the lid open. Um, I noticed when I got back uh, this winter, there was, you know, dead frozen mice in the bottom of the of the cans, and that and no one had been here to to use them or leave them open. Somehow the mice got in there and then couldn't get out of the the bin. That was. 
The big can. It's yeah. stuck. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, I I think that now. How about this? Would you call that? Would you label that a a critical sanitation issue? Um, I mean, it's definitely it could it could be something serious if that mouse gets out and gets you know gets onto, onto, onto some food. Right. Um, but it wasn't something we were ignoring. It wasn't like. Oh yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, a mouse in the bed. It was it was All like right. this was something like oh yeah okay let's deal with it let's let's try yeah so now critical sanitation issue I think no that's that's not a critical critical sanitation issue would be like when you go to Haiti and uh, it's a village and they all put the poop in the in the middle of the street because it's kind of like a central gutter to take it all away when it rains kind of a thing that's a that's a critical sanitation issue i think what we're talking about is closer to um minor inconvenience um and and there's a lot of ifs like if that mouse went and walked 200 yards and then wiped poopy fingers all over your food that would be a problem but i mean that's that's a Big, yeah. Pretty, pretty unlikely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one thing you do about homestead living is keep your food in containers that rodents can't get into, uh, even if they're not getting into human poop, which can have some other disease vectors than yeah. animal poop. You still, if you have mice getting into your kitchen that have been outdoors. They've been in poop, probably. <laughs> you oh, know, they're, some, they're their own poop or other poop. I mean, and so the keeping food in safe, in rodent-safe containers is just a big part of homesteading. Um, and I think that's how you reduce that vector, whether they've been in humanure or not. Well, and I should, I should point out, I don't think the mice are going into there for the poop. Oh. I think they're going for the toilet paper. <laughs> because they want to make some nice cozy bedding for their babies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I went to the store. I got the nicest stuff. You're not going to believe this stuff <laughs> I got for our for our bedding. This is great. Have you seen this? And there's a store right there. It's just right there. Lots it's of just it. sitting out there for everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was one time uh, where we found a, a pretty sizable... Uh, mouse nest. They had been collecting quite a bit of that toilet paper, <laughs> and unfortunately, we had to clean that up. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, uh, of course, the other thing is, is that any of the structures that we have here, um, uh, they're not perfectly mouse-proof. But we have been taking steps to, you know, we we put out traps. Fred's a big fan of the live trap, um, and uh, uh, and then, of course, yeah, you're going to store all your food in such a way that it's not going to, you know. So I think we're pretty good. Like, like right now, Cooper Cabin, would you say it has any mice in it? I haven't seen any sign of mice since the fall, like yeah. or late summer, early fall. There's, there's more we can do, and there's design changes that keep rolling through my mind. And this podcast isn't about that, but there's yeah. design changes um, I'm thinking about now, even with the toilet paper thing, maybe we just need to keep the toilet paper in those canisters and not have it hanging on a Oh, no, no, roller. it's the used toilet paper. 
Every time it happened, we did something to try and fix it instead of just telling you that there was what a problem. A r- right. Lovely thing. Well, what a lovely thing. And really. it sounds like some people chose that rather than tell you that they would be angry about it. Right. I know at least one person, uh, you know, saw that there was mice in there and did something to get them out oh. uh, on on occasion. But yeah, other people might have just been like, you know, this this gate is always stuck. It sucks. And it's like, well. You know, I'm riding my bike up and down every day. I don't use the lock. Yeah. If you don't tell me the lock is stuck, <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't fix it. Right. I don't go around checking all the locks. And You know, <laughs> right. I suppose the thing we could do is, um, like, make a little cabinet near the lock that has, like, a, a little teeny tiny can of three-in-one oil or something... That will help the lock, um, you know, runs work smoothly. That would be helpful. That's another possibly. design idea. That's a smart idea. Yeah. Find a place, some right. kind of box. Well, or then you have to put it. Imagine that someone's going to notice it's sticky and then want to do something about it, and that might not be the case. Well, so for me, I I've gone up there. Uh, I know that like during the 20 month party, so when we were very first here, we had a lock that would stick. But I started keeping a little thing of graphite with me, and then I was, I, I'd put graphite in the lock like three or four times. And so, I don't know, I was, I was trying to fix it as I went, you know, if it was ever a little bit sticky. I wanted it to always work really well. So, um, anyway, but every time I've ever encountered it and it's been a little bit sticky, it's like been, it's, it's cost me like an extra five to ten seconds of jiggling to get it to unstick and then I would spend an extra 15 seconds texting Fred like it's sticky <laughs> you know because we haven't had the graphite with us and I think you moved on to trying something else besides graphite too right right we're trying a variety of different things um, to, to see what works best alright and then the next thing is, is that we've had a lot of okay is there anything else about those no I think that was the main, the main that was it so out of <laughs> four podcasts um, that was that was pretty much it I I also I, I got email from uh, one of the ants that's still uh, up there, uh, and he said that when it um, when he was presented with the the stuff and like you should join us and wh- whatever, then his response was for, for what you know everything you said doesn't make any sense it's not true. And so he, he wasn't even making mountains out of molehills. It was making mountains out of air. And it's it's like, uh, no, no thanks. <laughs> Leave me out of it. So he, he sent me an email saying that he'd listen to the podcast and that, you know, that, yeah, he thought that was there was just nothing there, that they were just being upset for the sake of being upset. They just Some people are just drama queens. What are you going to do? You make the best of it. 
Uh, and then there is, uh, but but the uh, the feedback after the podcast has been very large and very positive. So thanks everybody for writing lovely positive things out at Permies about um, about that podcast. Uh, that's very supportive, and it's uh, and I I kind of felt like the format was okay. We got to cover some community stuff, and this list of angst is going to be our fuel to to, to help share about community angles. Right, and I, I still think there's some things we want to do better, and I still think, you know, it is, people seem to really have appreciated hearing what was going on from a different point of view than what they'd heard, so, um, yeah. Um, I think uh, there was one other little story that I shared after the podcast, I, I typed it up on Permis in response to somebody's questions about... Um, you know, a couple that was here that was mentioned in the podcast, and um, and the quick story I shared was is that at a time I lived in Colorado, uh, uh, we didn't have air conditioning, and so what we would do is when it was really hot out, we would open the windows at night, and then it turned out that our windows on the back of our house faced the back of another house where they also had their windows open, and we got to hear far too much of this couple like screaming and and it's like wow the the number of dishes that they had to go through they they must buy dishes by the crate um uh, because they you could hear the several times a night dishes smashing as they would yell at each other they were obviously throwing dishes and smashing wow. them and then, um, like at certain neighborhood events, we would meet these people, and they were such sweet, lovely people. But I guess, at, and it was like every night. It wasn't just once in a while. It was every night. Really, I'm sure that most people listening to this podcast know what I'm talking about. Like they have heard somebody heard that people that. have fights like that. So we got a taste of that and and uh, that was really awkward and I think that this couple is trying to compensate for that in a way so there's there's that story and so for those last those four podcasts that's I think that's all I got to add on to that I'm, and again I just really appreciate um, uh, the the positive the wonderful wonderful feedback we've gotten from people um, but Here's where we're at. Um, okay, I want to. We're gonna talk about building community, but the first thing I want to do is I want to kind of get to a quick check-in, and I want to report on things that are going really well. So we've been doing this podcast for like eight years, nine years, um, and and since you first suckered me into doing this, <laughs> not not long after we met, right? Right. It was you know yeah that was that was a long time ago, but. Okay, so here's here's some perks. I have land now, and and that was a big thing. I I was a long ways away from getting land back then, and and now I've got land, and I, um, you know, all that time just overflowing with ideas for experiments and things to try, especially in the world of community. In fact, I can't help but think that that 90% of what we're trying to accomplish has to do with community. Um, also, uh, oh, and there's lots of, and now, right now, so here it's been four and a half years that we've been on this land, and we have tons of artifacts, just lists and lists and lists of, of cool, funky things that weren't here when we arrived. I, I wonder if we're 
the site that has the most rocket mass heaters on it? I'm pretty sure we are. I imagine that we have more rocket mass heaters than Cobbville, which would be number two. Cobbville probably is going to have, like... Well, actually, I made a video that was 12 rocket mass heaters. And so we currently have 12 functioning rocket mass heaters. And then we have some other devices, some other rocket things. And so maybe Cobbville actually... Maybe we're, we are in second place, because maybe Cobbville has more than us. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, all right. The other thing is, is that uh, uh, you and I have been here for for uh, it'll be five years in June. Yep. And Fred will be hitting the three year mark in April. Yep. And so, uh, and then there's currently four other people up on the lab. Mm-hmm. So we have some people. Mm-hmm. I would like that the number of people that are living here year-round to be closer to, like, 20 or 30 for all the things going on. And, you know, a buffet of different kinds of stories behind all those all those people. Um, I wanted to say real quick, the forums are currently massive, and they're still growing. So for January, we had uh, 1.3 million visitors and 22 million page views, and there's about 40 active staff on Permies. Uh, I've got two big Kickstarter projects in the works, and of course, you know, when they're ready, I'll tell people through the dailyish email. Um, and but but the thing that is very important to me now is that each project needs to be at least 90% complete before the Kickstarter begins. So um, uh, because I feel obligation is poison, so I would much rather do as much of the work beforehand as possible. And, and then do the Kickstarter. Although, of course, you know, a Kickstarter might not get funded. And um, Josiah's Kickstarter just finished up, and it didn't get funded, which has kind of got me really freaked out. And, and fortunately, the Plotsketeers came through and, and helped give us a lot of feedback on on why they believe uh, that Kickstarter uh, did, did not succeed. But uh, our other future Kickstarters, you know, will hopefully still succeed. Um, <clears throat> all right, I, uh, just uh, uh, real quick, we're going to get into this a little bit more, but we need an event and rental coordinator, um, and we're going to talk about that in a little, little bit here, but but we've always said it's a 50-50 split, so if somebody shows up and they rent out a structure, then uh, they get half and we get half. Only um, for, uh, for the next few months, we're going to change that so that whoever holds that position, and maybe there'll be three people holding that position. So we're, we've also set it up so it could be multiple different people doing it at different amounts, that for the next few months, we're going to pay out 80%. So, so whoever does it, their cut is 80%. Um, also, uh, another thing is is that we need somebody to fill the assistant instructor role for the peasant PDC, which is coming up. Um, let's see, the um, peasant PDC is May 22nd to, to June 21. Um, we had somebody lined up, and Erica agreed to teach the PDC because of all the promises that the assistant instructor gave. But the uh, assistant instructor bailed, so now we don't have that. This is assistant instructor. I'm kind of hoping, and we're, we have this, we've set up this event we're calling the Schmoozeroo. And this actually was in a podcast. We were recording uh, some stuff recently about what we want to do. 
And then in the middle of the podcast, I came up with this idea for, like, we should have a funky, cool event that happens at the same time as the Peasant PDC that it's like all the people that have been here before and maybe even some new people that could all come and either just hang out or whatever and, like, be part of the Peasant PDC but for free and then just not attend the formal classes part. But but they could be in as much or as little of the rest of it that they wanted to be in on. Um, I think that's why people take multiple PDCs is they they just want to be around like-minded people and they find it so inspiring visiting and 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 brainstorming with other people and finding out what other people are doing in the world of permaculture. So the Schmoozeroo is May fifteenth to June 23rd. So it's happening at the same time as the Peasant PDC, but it's starting a little before and wrapping up a little after. Um, and, and oh, if you're thinking of attending the Schmoozeroo, please post on the, therm- on the Permis thread. So you could even say, I might be attending for three days. And that's great. That helps. That's a big help. Um, if you know for sure you're definitely coming and say, I'm definitely going to be there on these days. That's great, too. That's even better. Um, so, uh, uh, the thing is, is that I kind of feel like since the assistant instructor bailed for the peasant PDC, that if the schmoozeroo fills out well, then maybe there's going to be a lot of people that will like fill in little gaps here and there of whatever the assistant instructor was going to be doing anyway, and everything will work out to be awesome. Uh, so there's... So there's there's that. All right. Um, I wanna I wanna quickly point something out, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about why. And um, so this is uh, a big name in permaculture was gonna promote our rocket mass heater stuff and collect the uh, the 50% affiliate fee. So currently I've got all my stuff set up with a 50% affiliate fee. And so this person was going to harvest that. Um, an employee of that organization said that they would probably sell 300 copies. And I'm, like, doing the math thinking, like, oh, good, because we could use the money. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and they said, but we need you to make the following changes to your software. And, and then the other thing is that I needed to stock up on the old DVDs, which I was just going to lit run down to zero. I was going to just bump up the price on the old DVDs and the physical DVDs and say... Yeah, because physical DVDs haven't been selling as much as the digital. Yeah, yeah. which makes sense. You know, blockbusters are kind of fizzling away. So I I had to go and buy a pile of these old DVDs, and it's like, but hey, if, if they're going to sell 300 of them, you know, all right. So I spent thousands of dollars Um and then in the end, they sold three copies. And now, I think I have, for over the last, uh, since, since I arrived here, I think I have probably 120 stories like that one. And now, granted, there have been a few things that have worked. I mean, Kickstarters have always worked out for me. It's been like magic. But, um, but you know... The, the the key is is I spend a thousand dollars and I earn a hundred and twenty dollars, and it's like because I'm I'm trusting people I'm being overly optimistic and sickeningly trusting of of people. 
Well, and you're more willing to try a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, and, and a lot of what you try does work out, like you said, like the Kickstarters, which are really risky for a lot of people. Um, uh, they tend to work out for you. So it makes sense. You know, you do, you take risks that you, that well, seem to, uh, would work for your, uh, your audience, for your business models. And, um, yeah, I'm much, much more conservative. I'm not, well, I'm not as willing to try some of the things and, you are. And, our, oh, well, and the other thing is, is like, it's like the story with the, uh, the, the permaculture playing cards. Mm-hmm. And and so we had the idea for the cards in a podcast, and then a guy said that he was going to totally make them, and he didn't. And then um, another guy said that he was going to do them, and he didn't. And then eventually uh, we went through that a few times, and then there's Alexander, and he was going to do it, and he didn't. But if I sat down with Alexander and did it with Alexander, then... It got done. It got done. And I think people would agree they turned out really good, and it's a, it, it ended up being a successful project. But most people, if there's any risk at all, they won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. But it's like everything in the world is risk. you know. So it's like uh, I mean, you, you, and if you don't try, you're going to not get anything. Yeah. So you got to try. Try 100 things. Two will work out. You never know in advance which two. All right. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, I've had more than 100 people tell me how marketing is to be done and how easy it is. Just do as I say. And um, so what I did was I set the uh, 50% affiliate fee on all my stuff, and none of those people have even tried. Now, um, back back to community, back to this community and what we're trying to do. The The design is for a lot of people. And so rather than changing the design, because we get a lot of people making suggestions about why don't you just do it this other way? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do... And it's like, okay, the, the, the design of what we're trying to do here is for a lot of people. We need to hit critical mass. We need a jump start on a bunch of different things. So the design of Wheaton Labs is for not hundreds of people... But dozens. Dozens, yeah. Like 30. You know, and and I think, you know, m- maybe, maybe you know, 20 to 30 up on the lab and maybe 6 to 12 at base camp. And so that, that are year-round. And, you know, there could also be uh, more people in the warmer season or whatever. But in general, that, that would be the year-round um, community size. Um, and, and in order... You were you told me this morning, was it the Einstein thing? Oh yeah. The definition (laughs) of insanity. Keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. So we're trying a bunch of different stuff every year. We try we try new and different things. Yeah. And so this year we have the peasant PDC and we have the schmoozer. Now we also have the full-on homesteaders PDC, which is a two-week PDC, and the appropriate technology course, which. I should point out that it's been announced that uh, at our appropriate technology course, everybody uh, will get the opportunity to build a, a rocket mass heater shippable core. And if you throw in an extra 200 bucks for materials, you can take it home or ship it home. Uh, shipping is going to be anywhere from 30 to $90, depending on how far away you are from here. 
And it's a design that Uncle Mud has has refined. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's and this it, it, it's uh, so two hundred dollars for materials. But the funny thing is, is that we've been using these ceramic fiber cores uh, with the ceramic fiber risers, and the ceramic fiber riser is three hundred dollars. And so, um, but but Uncle Mud, Chris McClellan, is saying that he's got a design which he's now built like seven of them. And um, uh, and the materials cost is total materials cost is less than two hundred dollars, and um, uh, so during the ATC, so there's that. There's also uh, a bunch of improvements to the electric tractor, all kinds of solar stuff, gray water systems, on and on. But that'll be a whole other podcast and talk about like what all we're going to do during the appropriate technology course. Today, I kind of want to focus on the our need to jumpstart community and um, how that will be a side effect of the Schmoozeroo and the Peasant PDC. So, um, I I think that um, to do this, we need to try new things, which we're talking about, but we also need to, to, to examine things that have not worked. And and so um, I read someplace where somebody was complaining about how they can't stand to ever listen to Paul Wheaton's podcast because all he ever does is bitch and moan about stupid shit. And it's like, yeah, we're going to do that today. <laughs> Darn it. Hit that skip button. Darn but it. But I think we're going to talk about some very positive stuff as well. Right. So, um, uh, but we, you know, we. If I have anything to say about it. <laughs> so, ten thousand people will listen to this podcast and think all you gotta do is get good people, or all you gotta do is get lots of money. And so the answer to that is, well, duh, absolutely duh. And then I think twelve people will understand how this is not an easy task. This is going to be hard, and, and it's been hard, and it will always be hard. So this podcast is an exploration of some of the things that didn't work. All right. Uh, a few months ago, we were attending a funeral in, oh, not a month and a half ago. A month and a half ago, we were attending a funeral over in the Seattle area, and yes. you had a gathering of great minds in the Seattle area. That was That was a lovely event. It was very fun. I had a great time. I got to feed people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, one of the guys there uh, said, I have to fire a guy tomorrow. And I said, well, well why? Uh, and he said, for two years, he has worked for me as my marketing guy. I have paid him a professional salary. He worked hard. He accomplished a lot of stuff. Big things. He put in really long hours and said, trust me, a lot. The things he did were really cool and really impressive. And everything about him screams that he screams that he is an expert. His resume, his accomplishments, his associates. But the bottom line is, is that after two years, there was zero change in sales. And since it's a small company... And he's paying this guy a professional wage. He drained all of the reserves of the company. Finally, somebody had to be let go, and so he had to he had to let this guy go. So once he's gone, I will have to do his job until I've built the reserves enough to replace him. 
so the the moral of the story is is that the guy's not a bad guy. Everybody loves this guy. It's not that he's lazy. He's doing tons of stuff. It's just that none of it helps. And it's cool stuff. It looks cool. You would yeah. think that if anybody looked at that thing, then yeah, it would do amazing things for the company. But it just didn't. And and uh, so the owner of this company went back to the basics. Went back to the things that he built the company on. Because, you know, as a company owner, he was wearing many hats. And so he had to take this hat back on. And already he's experiencing growth. So it's it's like, you, but you you gotta find a way to get things to work out. All right, we've called. There's a position that we have here that we've called. We've been late, more recently we've been calling the Evelyn position because it's the events and rental um, position. And uh, so you know, events starts with EV. Evelyn starts with EV. It's yeah, Evelyn events. Get it. Yeah, I know it's weak. All right. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, we'd like more women here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all this <laughs> rocket mass heater, appropriate technology, Wafati building, junk pole fence building, la, 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 la. And all the guys are like, ooh, cool. And women like me, my eyes glaze over. And I say, can we talk about a recipe now? <laughs> well, it, No, I'm not quite that. But, but... And I do think yeah. that... You know, one of the ingredients that we need is is that we need to to get a a, a proper well. I mean, we, I so I've, I'm going to get to this in a little bit. We we need a proper well up at up at uh, the lab. Yeah. And and it's like I've put twenty five thousand dollars into all kinds of people trying well things and, things and it's like yeah. I'm the one who takes all the risks I'm the one who's been paying all the money and, and and I remember like the first couple of years it was like well then I'll just have to work harder and I got to where I was working more than 100 hours a week and I was really suffering from it and well, so your, your body jerked you backwards a bit and there was some of that but, um, um, that's another podcast for another day yeah all right so the thing is, is that for this role, we've had five different people take on this role. And um, and so just r- really quick. Start to take it on. Yeah. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so um, uh, random order. And we and and, and so um, Fred and Jocelyn both insisted that I, I, I mix it up and do it in random order. And uh, so no one knows who's who, and no one goes and looks up old podcasts and, like, connects a name. And so it's like, okay, it makes sense. So <clears throat> uh, person A, in, in no particular order, um, lasted one and a half days and left a big mess. Actually created a bunch of problems and mess, and it took the rest of us um, a week to, to sort it all out and get it cleaned up. Uh, person B worked about two and a half hours per week on some weeks, but zero hours per week most weeks. And so, of course, if you don't do the work, it's not going to work. It's, you know, so it was very much a coast. Um, person C consumed about 45 hours of my life talking about all the things and how to make it work and never started. Just talked a lot. Um, let's see, person D 
a constant stream of gonna do tomorrow, next week, lots of schedules, lots of lists of here's what I'm gonna do on Friday, and here's what I'm gonna do on this day, and here's what I'm gonna do, and I'll be there, you can count on me, and um, ate up five months with zero to show for it. And and person E, my favorite, uh, sharp person, very sharp, worked hard, was was here for like a good week of actually getting a lot done. And I'm kind of thinking like, hot dog, this is finally going to happen. And um, after one week, uh, the love of his life from his past, uh, whom he had split with, uh, contacted him, said, change my mind. I want you back. Um, why don't you come on over right now? And so I, I am not an attractive person. I am a giant fat man. <laughs> so, pow, off they go. <laughs> and so uh, it's like, no, that was working. That was going to be awesome. All right, so the moral of the story is is that we still need a person to fill this role, and it's a critical component for all the things we're about to do, and it's been two and a half years that we've had this role and all kinds of silly things with these five people. And um, and so right now, I I honestly believe, and I could we could make a whole other podcast about how to do this, but I honestly believe that if that if a hardworking person showed up to do this role, that they could easily clear more than a hundred thousand dollars in the first year. Well, you know, I you keep saying that, and I have differed with you on that. And then I started running the numbers, and I and there was about a six-month period of time where cabins at um, base camp were getting rented out, and and I started kind of crunching the numbers on, well, what if things were being rented out like they were during that six-month period of time? And and I went, oh, well, Paul's not that far off the mark. Mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking you were being overly optimistic with that no. until I ran the numbers, too. And Fred was looking at some of those numbers, and he had some good points about, well, we can't rent out Allerton Abbey right now. It's still under construction, and and we have Fred has been really awesome about uh, bumping himself out of Cooper Cabin so we can rent that out if needed, even though that's not completely done. But at least it has finished walls and doors, um, somewhat finished walls and doors, right? Yeah. But but um, even with you know, even before Allerton Abbey is finished, and I, I mean, there's still a lot of potential for income, more uh, more than I was thinking until, because I, I have to see it in a spreadsheet, then I get it, and then I believe you. Well, I was, my calculations <laughs> were ba- based on 60% capacity. Right. And, yeah. um, uh, and zero income from events, uh, just, just the rentals. Yeah. And um uh but you know it's also starting and also starting off really really cheap and um and doing hardly any marketing. But if you're going to do a full-time job of working 40 hours a week, then you're going to uh do a lot of marketing in a lot of different areas. Um 
And so then you're gonna you're gonna have it be full more and more and more, and and there's more and more income. Now the other thing is is that along the lines of the event manager, I have a list of people who want to teach courses here. Right. And and on top of that, a lot of those courses are building the structure. Which by the way, the appropriate technology course, they're gonna build another porta cabin. Um, uh, Chris has a bunch of ideas about how to do better than the Love Shack, mm-hmm. um, more natural, lighter, uh, more, better insulated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be a better all-around cabin, um, uh-huh. and it's going to be around wood timber framing, a lot of round wood timber framing, whereas the, the Love Shack is mostly dimensional lumber. Right. But uh, with the exception of the skids, which is two big logs. Yeah, I think that's the only round wood in it. Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe the handle on the door. I can't remember. <laughs> it's kind of whittled. Yeah. Yeah, there might be a few things like that. Um, so, uh, uh, moving moving along. Um, so I mentioned these five people. The two of you know exactly who each of these five people are. Have I have I represented these situations fairly? Am I being so? Jocelyn's nodding. You know they can't hear you nod. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, we talked about a little bit. We touched on this a little bit in our kind of state of the community podcast set that we did because um, there had been accusations that oh, rentals won't work, and I think they have worked in the past and with a little attention they can work going forward um i think you know people have just moved on for one reason or the other that's what i would like to express i think i think we're we might be a little low-key and a little bit um uh calm and understated as a community for some people they want more dances and more bands and more young people and you know you and I are fuddy duddies and it's kind of like we need the people to get the people and it's just you know you and I Paul are fuddy duddies Fred's not a fuddy duddy Fred's lovely I have to clarify that I I think by fuddy duddy it's like we work long hours on, on our computers and and it's like uh, if uh, and it, which just seems odd for what we're trying to accomplish. It it does seem odd, but that's how we pay for things. So so people, you know, so there's there's that, and plus we're trying to get the places cooler so that somebody who's managing the rentals could have a really cool place to stay. But we need the income to make the cool places to stay, too. So we've got catch-22s all the yeah. way around. So um, it's it's a business opportunity, and I think it's... It, I know you like to say the stories of how people moved on, but it's just we're, we're struggling to find people who want to live out here. We're pretty rural, and we're pretty quiet, and... We're still working on getting things nicer. So I, I think once things are nicer, uh, we'll be turning people away. But we're just, it's just not all that fantastic here. I mean, it's yeah. nice enough. We're not junky. We're not gross. We're not, you know, yeah, despite stories about mice, uh, <laughs> mice in the, in the willow feeders. I mean, we're, it's not like a gross, disgusting, sloppy messy place it's 
it's beautiful Montana, and there are beautiful pieces of property here. There's been a lot of properties that we visited where it's kind of like you kind of wonder if maybe these people should talk to somebody about their hoarding tendencies and um, about, like, wow, you can kind of tell that no one has swept this room for five years or more. Like, like there's a dog in the house, and that looks like five years of dog hair. I mean, there's, like, like ten dogs worth of dog hair spread out in this room. <laughs> well, I mean, we we have our issues to be sure, like recycling's overflowing right now and things like that. But you know, it's not so we're not totally uptight, but we're not totally gross. All right, back to Which the hundred thousand dollars a year for this role. <laughs> so for 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 this person, a hundred thousand dollars is what I'm saying. And then I'm also adding in the the concept of not only are there new structures that people are aching to build here. Yes. And there's at least one scheduled. Yes. But on top of that, if we improve the structures, then the rent can go up. Because, like, this is also for incredibly cheap, 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 cheap rent. Right. And it's like, and all it is is doing the work. I mean, like, if somebody puts in 40 hours a week, I and I think that 40 hours a week, $100,000 a year is pretty damn good money. And now with this 80% offer that we're doing, it would end up being even more than that. But uh, And if somebody came for just a few months. The other thing is that we've lined it up in such a way that we think we could facilitate three people. So if three people come and they do a great job, it'll all work out great. I don't think each person will walk away with $100,000. But I do think that in a couple of years it could be that case. On the other hand, based on our experience... Um, uh, two of those people are surely not going to work out for some reason. Um, and so, you know, but I, I do think that if all three did work out, that would be amazing. And I've got a lot of other projects to help make them make money if that's what they want to do. Um, we make it hard for you. Right. I mean, we, we'd want <coughs> workshops every week if someone could be here to organize and promote those. D- yeah. 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 Oh, oh, we have, you know, Elaine Chef in Missoula who would love to teach herb workshops here. She's going to be a guest instructor at our PDC this year. So awesome. And we we have, you know, we could have Thomas L. pull out again. We have, um, there's a gal just two states away that dyes natural fibers with fungi. I mean, wouldn't that be cool to have out here? You know, there could be mushroom workshops. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be awesome to get Peter McCoy here? There's a guy that wants to build a Prennicky cabin. There's Yes. So. But we can't do this without somebody. We have a list of people wanting to come out and teach roundwood timber framing stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like there's tons and tons and tons of opportunity, but we, we need an event coordinator. In fact, um, this person told me that... that this per the last person we had out here was going to uh, sell like all the tickets to the peasant PDC, and that person sold zero. And that person was also going to have the um, uh, the peasant PDC page up on the internet uh, on November first, and on January first, I had to get started with it because it wasn't up yet. And then this person was also going to help me with the PDC, the ATC, and the Jamboree. But it's like I got no help. And so it's like it's been a scramble to try to make up for all of this stuff. 
so oh, yeah, go ahead. All right. All the 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 thing is, as I was saying, a hundred thousand dollars. So it's kind of like we add some structures, we add some improvements, and it's like, okay, now you're going over a hundred thousand dollars. You, an accountant, have looked at my numbers and <laughs> found them to be reasonable. Um, and I think I've talked to the numbers with Fred a couple of times. Fred, the numbers plausible. Uh, yeah, I think with the right person. But that person has to be okay using, you know, computers and the internet. And that's true. That's you, know, you can't rent these structures to people here. You have to rent them to people that aren't here. And usually, the way to get a hold of those people is on the internet. Right. And I, I think a big thing that we've seen internet a lot of smartphone. is that somebody's like, I want to rent this. And they send an email. And then the person that, you know, is supposed to respond to the email is kind of like, oh, I don't like to do email. They should know that they should, like, text me because I'm, like, into text. And it's kind of like, no, this is service industry. That's not how it works. You're going to do text and phone and email. That's... You know, you don't have to talk to them over Facebook, but these other three, they're kind of like the critical ones. And it's like you can't just say, I've decided to not do that, and they're going to have to contact me another way or else I'm not going to respond. And it's like, that's that's not how this works. <laughs> well, yeah, what we have found is there are people who are really excited about getting out on a homestead and gardening and even creating their own homestead, and then they don't want to do anything at the computer, <laughs> or they're not as interested in learning the computer as they thought they were. And a big part of rentals and events is publicizing the event on the computer in yeah. one way, shape, or form or another, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's permies threads, whether it's web pages, whether it's uh, you know, another listing site. It's just a lot on the computer. And and the biggest part is the setup at the beginning, and then there's updating and tweaking, and like you said, the customer service response is yeah. really important. But um, So it's hard <clears throat> to find people who are interested in yeah. permaculture, homesteading, and computers. Like I, can, I can help a lot. I, I can help drive a, a lot of people uh, to to events. I yeah. I can do that. Yeah. But I'm I can't be the whole thing. I'm not. And 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 it's like um, all right. No, so. Can. <laughs> so uh, it's it's like it needs to be multifaceted. And yeah. there's there's reasons. There's all kinds of reasons. But yeah. But it's like um, as I try to explain it to people, then they're then then a. They, they don't know anything about marketing, and B, they tell me that I don't know anything about marketing. Okay. And it's like, and somehow mysteriously, I'm doing 100 times more than they are, and so, all right. <clears throat> Moving along. Because yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're making good, good time here, but the next piece, uh, I'm going to read a thing from the Ant Village thread, because we're going to build on it here in a moment. Uh, this is what I've got posted at the very beginning of the Ant Village thread. I wish to build the future of permaculture. My first thought is entice the best people in permaculture to come here. They will influence each other. And in time, what they do will be better and better. But, of course, the reason that they are the best is that they already have a rich history somewhere else. And rather than starting over, they'd rather add to what they've already built. My second thought is, 
then I will grow my own experts from scratch. It might take 5, 10, or even 20 years, but permaculture is about patience. People that are bonkers about permaculture could come and start to create their own patch of permaculture paradise. As the years pass, they will have more and more skills. Maybe some will become natural builders. Maybe some will grow the most amazing gardens. Maybe some will set a new bar for animal care. And, of course, some will demonstrate a path of simplicity and peace. It is possible to predict or it is impossible to predict what will come of this project, but one can be certain that you will get nothing if you try nothing. I bought the land. I have tried hundreds of things with the help of hundreds of people. Systems have been dreamt up and polished. The Ant Village project runs in the red, but I do think this path will be the foundation for the future of permaculture and maybe someday a template for hundreds of other property owners when they choose to replace petroleum and chemag systems with permaculture. All right, so that's the bit from the Ant Village thread. Um, I am playing the long game. I have had a great deal of encouragement and a great deal of discouragement. I'm exhausted, but I just feel utterly hardwired to continue on this path. Uh, all right, so <clears throat> kind of a good goals kind of a thing. Yeah, we we've had a lot of people through Wheaton Labs, and and a lot of people have learned a lot, um, experienced a lot, and had great camaraderie. Um, it's it's been varying uh, in how that's worked out. We've been ever since you, you know, had your disc that burst. We've been a little mellower and haven't had quite the crowds, except when we've had workshops. We haven't had quite the crowds that we had out as we did the first couple years here. But you know, we focused a lot on bringing people through so that people some people would stay and and it's just such a catch-22 we need the people who are here to attract more people here and um and right now it's a little light on that um and we're trying new stuff all right so fred i've seen you writing stuff down you got anything you want to add at this point before i go on to the next piece no not for this part i was oh you're writing for like at the end or or like to do later. Note to self. <laughs> right down there, don't fall in love with somebody who's going to not live here. Uh, can you put that on your list of to-dos? Uh, it's, it might be on there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, all right. So Fred's Fred's available. So we got to get, like, you know... Yeah. You said that with your out loud voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like... Uh, uh, Ten thousand people or more or have have heard that now. <laughs> maybe maybe that'll turn into something. <laughs> but it's got to be somebody who wants to come and live here. <laughs> right, right. All right, um, all right. When working as a software engineer, there were lots of projects that didn't work out. I was often called in to save a project at the last minute. It is amazing how twenty people being paid a professional wage will, all 20 of them, 
totally fucking suck. <laughs> I it's I mean like they're getting paid a hundred thousand dollars a year to do good software engineering, and they're all shit. And they're all they all bicker, and it's just stupid, stupid stuff on why why the project would be failing. And then my job, of course, was to get it to move forward, despite all these sucky people being sucky people. Well, I think you run into that with a lot of professions. Uh, you know, I've run into that with accounting. Um, there's a lot of accountants that are really terrible at what they do. So, and a lot of them don't see it as a job. They they see it as like a paid vacation. Like they they get paid to go and sit in an office for 40 hours a week and have a nice day. Well, I've known people that worked in the office. You know, I I never have, but I <laughs> I, I know that what their main goal at work was to, you know, how much of the day could they not be working? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they had some good tricks, you know. I. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They didn't get a lot of work done. So. And so at some point you approach somebody and you say, "Okay, uh, it's 9 a.m. According to your contract, you were going to be here at 8 a.m. You're just now arriving. You're going to leave for lunch at noon. You need to now tell me what you're going to be have what you're going to have done by noon." And by the way, I'm an engineer. I'm a better engineer than you. And so I know when you're bullshitting me. And if you're going to take those three hours to do something that you should be able to get done in 10 minutes, I'm going to fire you. Yeah, I've been working here two days. And guess what? I have the ability to fire you, who's been here for five years. Because I'm here to measure whether or not... You're a leech on the company. Okay, Jocelyn's cluing me in that I'm going onto a rant and I need to stop. (laughs) 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 Okay, all right, all right. Oh, my. All right. Now, the, the, the thing is, is that all 20 of those highly paid, overly paid people totally fucking suck. But now compound that. With how over at permies.com, we have a hundred times more drama than at coderanch.com. So, the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that the, the raw materials we are working with are quite a bit weirder than normal. Is that fair to say? I mean, I think I've got I've got a profound metric here, but I think people that are bonkers about permaculture tend to be weirder, at least Weirder than software engineers. Okay. Some of them are bonkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. how many people listening are nodding their heads? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You kind of feel vibration in the world <laughs> from all that head nodding at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So here we are. We're trying to build something. We are a bit shy on long-term stuff. For four years, and after spending $25,000, I have tried to get water on the lab. We just gotta, gotta, gotta get the basics down. And in hindsight, I should have hired a professional, had a, uh, hired to have a professional well put in on the very first year. Um, this lack of a single faucet, a normal kitchen sink, a normal bathroom with hot and cold running water, this is a massive impediment. 
very few people are willing to sign up for this package, no matter how cheap and easy we make it. So, Fred, right now you live on the lab full time. And so uh, your water does not come from a pipe. Well, it comes from a pipe indirectly. It comes from a right. pipe here at base the camp. The pipe is two two and a half miles from my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so you get some water. You 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 take it back. Um, you, I know you have a kitchen sink, and then under the kitchen sink is a bucket. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, you have a means of being able to dribble water into the kitchen sink, so it goes into the bucket. So you you know you wash your dishes and stuff, and you've got fresh drinking water. And I think the quality of water here at Base Camp is excellent. I mean, I have been to so many farms, and and as well as like just cities in general, uh, who have to chlorinate the fuck out of the water, and so we don't have any chlorine in our water. But I think our water quality here is. Excellent. I mean, I, I, I do not, I don't see how the water could be any better. This is about as good as it gets. Right. It doesn't, you know, like when I heard well water, you know, having lived in the Midwest, there's a, a flavor that you expect <laughs> with well water, which really? is lots of iron. Oh. And uh, that wasn't, you know, here, the water, it's amazing. Yeah. It is hard water, you know, so it'll develop scale on things, but it's it's from calcium, not iron, and yeah, it, it's, so it's a it's a lovely taste. So we have yeah. we have we have water that has a lot of calcium, so you don't need that uh, milk that has had calcium added to it. <laughs> uh, ours ours naturally comes with with calcium, but yeah, the downside is is that uh, any of our kettles do build up calcium inside, um, and we have to. We're used to the 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 uh, um, the trick where you put a little bit of uh, apple cider vinegar in there to descale to descale it. Well, so <clears throat> so it is. Yeah, I, there were reasons that we probably don't want to go into here. There were reasons you didn't get a typical well dug the first year, and and those were good reasons. So right, I paid the money. Uh, I was promised things, and. <laughs> There well, they go. and and there were, yeah, there are other reasons too. So um, why you were choosing a, a less indirect path there? So um, it it made sense, you know that, and now you know we're choosing a different path. So right. So that that stuff happens, you know. There there are a lot of things that look on the surface like, well, why didn't you do that? Well, there were reasons. Um, and and it's not that we're that stupid. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a saying that specifically fits here. It's hindsight is 2020. Oh, yeah. And it's like, sure. oh, yeah, if we had known then what we know now, it's like it would have been a no-brainer. If, if we knew that guy was going <laughs> to skip town with my money and not honor his word, then we wouldn't have given him the money. Well, there's that. And, and so then, yeah, there's there's been some of that. <clears throat> so we were trying to do things a little differently than most people would do with a well. I'm just trying to say that without saying too much. All right. So Trying to generate community at the same time. Yeah. yeah, there we go. That's yeah. a good way. That's and, a good way to put it. And so I think the lack of uh, a good well, because there is a well up there now that does produce some water, um, and and there's depending on who you talk to, it's good water, 
but um, I'm going to say that I've seen cloudy water come out of it. I think that the water here at base camp is universally, every single day, better than the water that comes out of that well. Well, the biggest difference is that you can't turn a tap on right. in your house up there and have water come out of that well. Yeah, that one's a hand pump well, yeah. and it's outside. And so you would go there to get water. But it, it is on the lab. Mm-hmm. So we do have water on the lab that anybody can go and have. And a lot of people have told me it's excellent water. Um, but I haven't tested it. Um, maybe we should. Maybe we should test it. I think it was tested for for a lot of stuff. And it just the only thing came back that it was hard. Okay. All right. Oh, I didn't <clears throat> know that was yeah. tested. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, the most amazing people that have come here to throw their shoulder in were people that were either instructors or people that could only be here for a week or two because they have a full life elsewhere. It could be that in time, one of these people gets divorced or something and finds themselves looking to start over, and they might then come here. Or else, we need people that are currently not attached to land to somewhere else. Typically, people that are young and don't have the skills. So we build our community with these resources. Unfortunately, young and low on skills can also come with drama. When you have... Itchy feet. What's that? And itchy feet. Oh, and itchy feet. And and going to fall in love. And all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's what you meant by drama, but it's... You know, it's not necessarily the type of drama people think of when you say the word drama. Sure, drama can can include a love story, as well as a story of comedy, as well as a story of, like, um, stabby. Or, well, or well, <laughs> now I I think I want to go to culinary school instead, or you know who knows. Oh yeah, you know yeah. that's that <clears throat> kind of still still the itchy feet. It's a lot of times still finding what fits. So yeah, makes sense. When you have a chicken and the egg problem, then the solution is use brute force. In this case. It is about community. So that means I need a flavor of brute force that brings in 100 people. To get things off the ground, I need about 40 people to be students for the Peasant PDC, and I need about 60 people to show up for a few days or a few weeks at about the same time. So far, we have about 10 and 10. I suspect that most of the folks listening to this podcast have listened to all of the podcasts you understand what I am trying to build. Oh, and just real quick before I forget, uh, there's been a lot of people that have given me the advice that to fill the position, for the Evelyn position, that I should advertise, like just general advertising. There's websites for advertising. There's all kinds of things. And for the thing is, positions. The, the yeah, the the thing is, is that if I do that, whoever that is is not going to have listened to all the podcasts. And we've already found that if we take somebody and we say, hey, could you listen to the podcasts? Then sure enough, they will tolerate listening to the podcasts. But it's not like they they like it. It's not like so. I'd much so the pod people. Most of the people listening to this right now have listened to all the podcasts, and they know what this is all about, and they know the why and 
And they could have stopped listening to the podcast at Podcast One, but the fact that they're listening to this voluntarily says a lot about that kind of person. I'd much rather... I mean, $100,000 a year doing permaculture stuff. I And, and then not only that, but you kind of get to attend every single event that we have. And so I, I just kind of feel like this is huge. This is a huge... And I'd much rather give this to a pod person than go and advertise for like any schlub out there who doesn't even know how to spell permaculture right it's 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 hard to find uh, a good fit that way plus um you get a lot of people that want that might respond to another job and say okay what do you want me to do now what's the job description what do i do where's the instructions instead of figuring it out and creating their own business. We want someone entrepreneurial yeah. who wants to make this their own business and they can set their own hours with it, work as hard as they want at it, you know. Um, so it's, it's right. a very different mindset. It's a different type of business partnership. And we've talked in the past and we don't have a better word for this yet, but we've talked in the past about Joel Salatin's oh, fiefdoms. We came up with uh, symbiotic businesses. Yes. So we want layers of symbiotic businesses here at Wheaton Labs where people, you know, can set their own hours. Um, uh, somebody may, you know, with the rentals, what a lot of people do with their Airbnb or VRBO rentals or whatever, even if you list them on Craigslist, a lot of people list their own homes and they'll um, vacate their own home to list it as Airbnb hmm. and they either go stay with their boyfriend, girlfriend, or their parents. I don't know where they go, but they go stay somewhere. Maybe they camp under the bridge. I don't know. <laughs> and they rent it out. Remember Alexia Allen? She she stayed in her uh, yes. her cob oven roof. It was her barrel cob oven. Yeah, in the yeah uh, yeah she yeah up in the rafters of that. But so people go stay somewhere else, rent out their space, and and when you do that, you can say, oh well, it's booked on these days because. These days, I want to be at home because then I'm having my partner over that week. Or, you yeah. know, I don't know. But you can, that's what we want. Someone who decides, okay, well, I want to do all these events this time of year when it's the best time of year to be in Montana. I love it then. This is what I'm doing. But I don't want to book any events you know, during January because I'm working the pecan harvest or something, you know, or whatever, whatever you have going on. Right. Okay. Um, I suspect that most of the folks listening to this podcast have listened to all the podcasts. You understand what I am trying to build and the why and the how. If we succeed with this flavor of community, then it might be able to be rubber stamped onto other properties. And you know, I don't know how many times I've heard people talking about how they're going to they're designing community and it will be rubber stamped, and uh, and then of course their their effort fails. And it's like, well, I guess. The, so I I you know it's like let's embrace that this whole thing might not work out, and that's kind of what we're facing. Is it's like okay, but I do think it will work out, but it does take people. Uh, so, 
please come out. <laughs> See, that's this is what I'm going to try and do. This is your brute this force. Is, this is how I'm going to try and get it to work. Please, oh, please help me make this work. All right. You don't even have to do anything. Be a person that is keen on permaculture that is here so we might hit critical mass on community just for a few weeks. Now, I think, because it's like when when I took my PDC, 24 students, and basically um, I already had a plan for all of my life of all the things I was doing, and I'm working on it, but I'm attending this PDC so I can use the word permaculture in my endeavors. And so I'm I'm going to tolerate this PDC, and I've already read all the books. I've already been practicing it for years. I just need to have completed a PDC. And then while I'm there, I learn a mountain of things that I didn't expect to, 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 to learn. And one of the things I'm thinking is I need to find a way so I can live like this all the rest of my life in community with a lot of people like this sharing three meals a day that's what i want and and so all of this all of my life ever since then and that was 2005 so what 13 years all of this has been about trying to build that that scenario but all right so here's what we need is um i think that if we have a bunch of people out for the peasant PDC and a bunch of other people that are here for the schmoozeroo, then it'll be awesome and cool. There'll be music every night, not because I planned it or anything, but because that's what always happens whenever you have that many people come together. Um, there'll be campfires and there'll be um, food traded and exchanged and, and uh, people will be able to try all of our different rocket ovens and rocket cookers and uh, all, all of those kinds of cool things as well as the solar ovens and all of the, all of the toys that we have and, and um, plus just be able to visit with like-minded folks which by the way yeah as you were pointing out earlier a lot of people go from PDC they go to they, they've been to like uh, like last year there was a gal who was like this is her seventh PDC yeah and part of it is is it's kind of like uh, you, you live somewhere and it's you just feel alone because everybody you talk to is not a permie and then you just got to go get your fix once a year at a PDC or maybe twice a year and so here's a way that's totally free for anybody who's been out here before. And if you haven't been out here before, then it's just a gapper fee of 100 bucks. Although it's like if there's five of you, then it's 100 bucks for the per first person and 20 bucks for each person after that. Um, come on out. Come on out. I should make clear that they're not going to be part of the class. Right. Which <laughs> which is like if you're here for the schmoozeroo, you can be here for all of the class except for classroom time so the hands-on stuff so all the hands-on stuff yeah, or or you could classroom. you could go and get yourself a lovely lawn chair with a big umbrella and lemonade and watch as people are doing the hands-on stuff and tell them they're doing it wrong <laughs> you over there that's not how you hold a hammer are you stupid I, I doubt anybody would do that, but <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to emphasize is is that there's no obligation to do anything during the schmoozer. It's it's really about people, and and I think 
that much like on 2005, I was like, I want to hang out with, I mean, there's some people there that were kind of like not my cup of tea, but even still, I wanted to like be with people that were bonkers about permaculture every day forever. And so I kind of think that people will come to a thing like this and they'll have that feeling that I had then. Like this is awesome. I wish to stay and have more. Um, I'm going to change things in my life to make it happen. For my PDC, I went there for one reason, and I wished I could stay, and I was not expecting that. And I'm kind of hoping that we can recreate that. Well, and I, I, I think it's also possible there could be a ripple effect, too, that, you know, um, Julia, who's awesome, she goes back to her community and meets someone from somewhere who's just, you know, at that cusp of change. They're just getting out of college. They're just switching jobs. They're just divorcing. They're just whatever. And they're looking for a new place. And she says, oh, my gosh, look, here's this Permis thread of all the pictures of the schmoozeroo, and you should go check out Wheaton Labs. And, uh, you know, a ripple effect like that. Um, and they could say, well, you know, Paul seems like he is does everything by brute force <laughs> but he's actually a really great guy you know so that's gonna be the shittiest pr i've ever had <laughs> i could see julia saying something it's like, like that though <laughs> i could tell he's a great guy because it says so right on this piece of paper and i'm i was paid to read it out loud well paul's I, awesome that's what it says <laughs> i I think people are surprised sometimes that you're the patient communicator that you are. That's all. Uh-huh. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. That's that's more shitty PR. I know. <laughs> How do I fix that? Hmm. Um, hey, we've been together about 10 years. I'm almost coming up on 10 years. You've I tolerated know. me for nearly 10 years. I know. And, and Fred's still here for nearly three years. I, I haven't driven him off. I think I think that's the moral of the story is is that um, I think some people listen to the podcast and then they come here and I am not what they expected and they're disappointed and other people come here and they listen to the podcast and I'm exactly what they expected and we get along great and then there's other people who have not listened to any of the podcasts and they've heard things and they meet me and they're like what an awful person I'm sure the Fouches believe that I'm a horrible and awful person and I assure you, the feeling is quite mutual. <laughs> and so it's good that they came to that conclusion. Now we stay far apart from each other. I'm a guy that wears overalls every day, and that apparently is all it takes to keep your mother away. <laughs> oh, <she's... laughs> so um, I'm fat. I'm too tall. I'm too fat. Too tall. Uh, my eyebrows are too too big. I'm too obnoxious, too arrogant. I mean, there's a list of stuff. And then the overalls, boy, that drives people away. But it's like, that works for me. I don't, if people are offended by this stuff, I want them to be driven away. And then I want, then there's this rare person who thinks I'm all right. And that's who I want to have stick around. 
That'd be cool. Be so yeah. cool. Can I have it, pretty please? Can I have that? I my way of trying to convince people to stick around is to feed them. Oh yeah. Over much. I'm trying to plant more and more flowers. Was that parsnips that we had? That was that was amazing. Parsnip hash browns. Those were just so good. <laughs> you can't stop talking about. It. So um, they did have leeks and daikon radish in with the, but it was mostly parsnips. Parsnips. I always kind of thought parsnips were uh, a kind of food that goes under the damn nasty column. But Water. They. Weren't they, wasn't that one of the root crops that was originally animal fodder, along with rutabagas and turnips? I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're, they're on the sweet side. Wow, yeah, those are really good. Those are really good. My only problem with overalls is uh, using an outdoor willow feeder in the winter. They're not uh, proper attire because you have to take your coat off to put them back on. That's oh, true. Right. That's true. That causes problems. Which, which, by the way, um, you know, did you? We, I bought a hook for Willow Wonka. It's a rabbit. Um, so it's a little sure. piece of art. So Bill Krim gave us that money for oh, pure not, silly fun. Yeah, I'm not worried about where to put my coat. <laughs> I am. Just take I am. Off. I mean, if you're wearing overalls, you need a hook. Right. But if it's zero degrees, you don't want to take your coat off. No, no. That's that's a good point. Unless you're in a place that's warm, which, you know, is another thing that we need is to have a warm place for you to do your business. Yeah. It's business time. It's a goal. It's on the list. We have lists of lists. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, do we have lists. Yeah. We're, we're trying. All right. The last note I have for this podcast is it would be nice to sell two deep roots plots because with that money, I could go and put in a proper well. And of course, um, the two of you are probably sick to death of hearing me talk about how I'm going to go and do more work, do more work, do more work to try and bring in more money to just pay for all the things. And and it's like... Um, I do the work, and then it's kind of like that thing we started this out with, where we were talking about, like, I do a whole bunch of work, I put in thousands of dollars, and in the end, they sell three copies. And it's like, shit! And what I need is a lot of those deals where they sell 300 copies. Like, a couple of those a month would be nice. And then we can get a well. But... And I've got all kinds of stuff going on right now that hopefully, and then, you know, Kickstarters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If this Kickstarter succeeds, then we can put in a well, you know, but I'm not going to say that in a Kickstarter because then people don't want to support the Kickstarter. They want the Kickstarter for the thingamabob that goes with the Kickstarter. Yeah, for whatever's being created. Yeah. 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 But that's a really awesome way to fund getting something created. So, um yeah, I I think spring in Montana is is beautiful, and uh, the Schmoozeroo is right in the heart of the sh- spring. And yeah, it's uh, the sweet time. We could do we could do some wild edible walks, and share knowledge that way. We had um, uh, a great wild edibles, couple great wild edibles people out for the PDC last year who. Um, I wish I could have hung out with them a little bit more and learned right. more about some plants and wild edibles. But, you know, Fred knows a lot and knows about mushrooms. And, um, you know, everybody learns little bits of things. So when you take a walk together, you can 
have a, have a great time and see the landscape and learn about plants. That that would be a cool thing with the Schmoozeru and the Peasant PDC. I suspect that a lot of people that could come to the Schmoozeru could be a guest instructor at the Peasant PDC, like, you know, present for an hour and a half on a topic in the classroom. <clears throat> that would be really cool. I mean, the Peasant PDC is offered crazy cheap, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so, and that's part of it, as, as we're trying to pull it off on the cheap. Um, so people that don't have a lot of money could, could do this, but anyway... Those are all my notes. That's everything I got. Um, uh, I I just hope that we can pull this off. And of course, as with many things, and I I kind of feel like a lot of people will just enjoy coming out to be hanging out with a bunch of other permies. And so then if we if we fill the class with 40 students, which is what I'm kind of hoping for, which is what we've kind of designed the course around, um, then there'll be a lot of people here to hang out with uh, during the schmoozeroo. So, um, and then if you could go to the Schmoozeroo thread and say, I'm thinking about coming, you might even mention, like, I'm thinking about, I might do this and that, or something. If you've got something to add to the event, that'd be cool. Um, we'll put a link to that thread in the podcast notes. I'm going to ask for it, and then we'll see if that happens. <laughs> Uh, usually they do. They're really good about putting links like that in. So just mention it, and and whoever's um, taking it, probably Adrian um, is doing it, but it might be Craig helping out with it. Craig's, Craig, Julia's been doing a lot with it. So There's um, a lot of people who have helped. Lots of great people. So I think permies.com has made an excellent transition away from being the Paul Wheaton show and into being... Uh, a bunch of people bonkers about permaculture show. Yeah. And so um, it's rare that I even contribute to the daily-ish that goes out. Um, like maybe once or twice a week I put in one item, and they're sending three items out every day. Um, and so it's it's gotten to be a lot more. And then it's like a lot of the decisions about somebody's being naughty and what to do about it. Um, a lot of those are all, by the time I even find out that it's going on, it's already been handled by other people. So yeah. it's it's really gotten to be uh, um, great at being a permaculture community from a lot of people, and I'm just one of the people. Yeah. Yeah, great people at permies.com. I don't know why people ever go to Facebook. I'm so angry about Facebook. And somebody says, oh, I was out of Facebook talking about permaculture. It's like, why? It's, you know, three days later, that conversation's gone. At Permies, we can maintain a, a perennial conversation. And then <coughs> you post something out at Facebook, and then, like, maybe 50 people will see it. Maybe 300 people will see it. You post the same thing out at Permies, 10,000 people see it. And it's like a much bigger audience, and it's perennial. And then at Facebook, I mean, you were you were telling me about how there's like uh, the the haters. Oh, there's just the people are so hostile and nasty, and all in the permaculture group. Oh, we're we love permaculture, so fuck you. Here's a punch in the mouth. 
was a little bit like that. People were, people were getting hostile. I mean, they're basically, they're kind of advertising for permies, you know, because yeah. we don't have that because we delete it. <laughs> it's not there. Uh, um, and it's a lot of work to delete that shit. But all right. I, I think we're ready to end this podcast. I think so. Unless unless Fred had more comments about no, something. No. Did we cut you off? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com. You know, the ones we were just now talking about, where we talk about community, homesteading, and permaculture all, all the time. time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.